think we should just call just this say episode. We should call this episode Lost, Lost in, the in the Weebs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. All right. What up? What up? So, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I have to do the song. I have to do the song. Okay, go. You guys going to sing it with me? Okay. One, yeah. two, three. Very sexy. Nice. Very sexy. Welcome back. Welcome, listeners. Today, we are going to be discussing a an an animal an animal an anime article. Well, I guess it is animals because humans are animals and. Me and you, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. Oh. Yeah. Discovery and, Channel. And <laughs> that can write papers. And by baby, I mean you listeners. So uh, this, is a, this is a preview here of, uh, a, I guess it was a book that was written by uh, Raina Dennison. Okay. Um, so I've been I've been looking at I've been looking at a couple of different articles, um, <clears throat> but I like the books because there's a lot of like jumping point. Okay. Inside the books, as opposed to articles where I just get like random little stuff. So just to look over some of these chapters, I guess <clears throat> the the article or the book is called uh, "Anime: A Critical Introduction." Okay. Mm. Um. And uh, the table of contents says approaching anime, and it speaks of genres and subgenres. And then it says sci-fi anime, cyberpunk to steampunk. And then it says anime's bodies, that's chapter three. Early anime histories, Japan and America. Anime video and the shoujo and shonen genres. And then post-video anime. Digital media and the revelation of anime's hidden genres. Then Ooh. the Ghibli genre, uh, where they're talking about uh, Toshio Suzuki and Studio Ghibli's brand identity. Um, experiencing Japan's anime genres at the Tokyo International Anime Fair. And then anime horror and gentrification. Oh, Dead. When was this written? It's uh looks like this book was written mm. uh 2015. It was first published in 2015. All right. Okay. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that do you think that those are like good topics as like a critical introduction to anime? Or do you feel like you guys would have presented it differently? Like as far as topics are concerned, I think you covered a lot of things, it and uh, it it kind of like introduced some things that I didn't even think about. So I have to say yes because I'm curious now. It's like oh, there's other critical things besides you know. I would think history would be on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, modern times would be on my list, and kind of everything sprinkled in between but not getting too caught up in the weeds like genres in and, the weebs and maybe a, sorry in the weeds don't <laughs> get caught up in the weeds <laughs> that's the perfect time but okay go ahead sorry oh no yeah yeah no that's perfect and and like a couple sub genres and maybe that's it but like they went a little bit further there's like hidden genres like i'm curious about that yeah. Um, relationship between Japan and America 
yeah, that's that's it's covered. Seems like a thorough book. How big is this book? How many how many pages is this thing? Five? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, well, it's, it's to me it seems like a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> it seems like a lot. Yeah. I mean, just looking at it, I have access to about eighteen pages from it. Oh, I see. Is there a table um, of contents? So, like nothing. Well, that was the table of contents that I read. Oh. Um, but I do think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that like she categorized Ghibli as a genre in itself. Like yes, Ghibli genre. That too. Do you think like that Studio Ghibli is like its own genre of anime? Really? No. Can you? Can you? Yeah. Okay. Mike, tell me why you say no, and Tommy, tell me why you say yeah. Okay, Mike, go first. Because I think just because he's the first to win like an Academy Award doesn't mean that there's going to be more. And once there's more, it's going to like dilute his his style as a genre, I think. That's what I think. Cuz I think he gets a lot of like recognition because mm-hmm. of his like, well, his works are really good mm-hmm. and like deserves a, the awards that it's got. But I think um that makes up a lot of the hype mm-hmm. I think behind it or like a good amount that once people start like earning a lot more of the same recognition then he might not be his own genre anymore so maybe it's his own genre right now because he's a pioneer but there's going to be more new stuff that come out that's going to be really interesting too and deserves the same recognition okay okay well I mean how I see it is that it's kind of like Disney, you know? It's like, oh, this is a Disney movie. Like, you'll know instantly if you watch it, oh, this is a Disney movie, regardless of the genre, because you already have an idea of how Disney, like, movies are, kind of like princess and prince movies. With Studio Mm. Ghibli, they have a certain signature, but for the most part, they all kind of have that same, like, overall feeling, that same, like, type of film, I guess you could say. So, I mean, I do agree with you, but I feel like that's how some people uh, get into it, is like this genre of Studio Ghibli. I don't, I don't know if that makes no, sense. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that, too. It definitely, when you said Disney, I was like, ah, I instantly recognize that as like a, that's perfect how you explain that, actually. Like, it established itself yeah. Yeah, as but its own thing. I think it's kind of, I guess when you try to say in a perspective of like, oh, you know, all Studio Ghibli movies is a genre, that means like, oh, uh, Kyoto animation is all a genre and it doesn't make right. any sense. But then yeah. I think because Studio Ghibli kind of has sim, like between each movie, they're all kind of the same genre. There's like, it's always like this like lighthearted, like there's some romance action kind of like they kind of just jumble everything together and like each movie's kind of like that. Mm hmm. With, like, Kyoto Animation, even though most of it is, like, slice of life, there's also other stuff that they make that's different genres. So it's kind of, like, hard to say. But... Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I... I... Well... 
My thing is, in some ways, it's kind of unfair. Well, I don't want to say it's unfair. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get lost in the weeds because I actually have a follow-up weebs. question to this. Okay. And lost in the weebs. I think we should just call just this gonna episode... Say that we should call this episode Lost, lost in, in the, the Weebs. Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right. We're going to call it Lost in the Weebs. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to get lost in the weebs because I do have a follow-up question. But I think, um, you know, the, the artistic style of the drawings of the characters... It's something that I feel like holds true and the coloring style also um, holds true throughout all of the Studio Ghibli stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are other, um, you know, other production studios that I rock with that don't necessarily like have that continuity. But I don't necessarily know that that means that it needs to be a genre of its own. Mm-hmm. But because like my question then would be like. If. Studio Ghibli is its own genre. Dang. Hold up. Okay. So this is this is this is to bounce out of anime slightly for a little bit. Okay. If Studio Ghibli is its own genre, is Quentin Tarantino his own genre? No. No. A lot of people say no. I can already say. I can already say. I can already say, man. Cause Why you know, you-, you know what, what his his style like. If you look into like the history of his style, is wait, wait. Sorry, let like, me just I'm make looking, sure I got this right. I'm looking at every single film. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me go. Hold on, hold on. My uh, gut instinct says no, though. I mean, if he's but he's not a, he's not a studio. He's just. He's got a style, but he's he not a, a genre. Style, but he's not a genre. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's the list. Because mm. I don't know if anybody's ever made like a Quentin Tarantino movie that's not Quentin Tarantino. You know, it's mm. like that's kind of one oh, of the things. Also, that's a good way to say it. It's kind of like basing it off of his style. Mm. So you're saying so you're saying that if somebody decided to make a Studio Ghibli type movie, then they would be considered part of the Studio Ghibli genre. Yes. So if somebody were to make ah, so you're saying if somebody no, were to make a Quentin Tarantino no. well, type I said, movie, I said no. I said no. <laughs> if somebody were to make a Quentin Tarantino type movie, then it wouldn't be considered Quentin Tarantino type. It would just be like, oh, this guy's like Quentin Tarantino. Okay, so the question remains, or not remains, but the question is, what is a Quentin Tarantino movie? Do you can you describe a specific, not a movie itself, but a, like how do you describe a Quentin Tarantino movie? It's gonna have, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna have it's certain gonna, things in it. Yeah, so, there's certain things that are always in a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. film. So you're saying for the all, most part, all of these movies that he currently he has created. Or write it, I guess you could say. Um, they all have something in common, other than him being a part of it. Yes, other than him being involved. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What is? Yeah. What is it? Um, There's a few things. I Go think ahead, he Vic. he has a tendency to play on, um, on mashing genres together. That's one thing that I know for sure. He has this like tendency to be like, I'm gonna put this together. 
just because like he has that tendency to do that. There's all there's almost always like some sort of dark humor okay. involved. OK. Um, and uh, there tends to be like some flip on like what you would expect. Like whatever it is that you would expect, there's always like a guess what? And I'm not I'm not saying that like. I don't know. Besides, <laughs> I'm not claiming I'm not claiming that it's a genre. I'm just asking if we're going to stay that Studio Ghibli is a genre. Can you then say that somebody else that has a style like, for, for example, Martin Scorsese, is that a genre? Or is that just a person that happens to fall within or like highly occupy a certain type of thing? It's descriptors. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. It's just is there, descriptor. <laughs> is there another another example besides Disney? Because that was a good example that establishes. But Studio Disney Ghibli. isn't a genre. It's not. It's not. But it's like that's what is kind of. They just oversaturate the market. Because if you say that Disney's a genre, then that means that all the Pixar films and stuff are like not part of that technically. I mean, that's what I was saying. That's my argument is that once there's more that come into like the market or come into existence, uh, then it re- it releases its like genre title. It's like it's like you no longer have longest road in like Catan. <laughs> in Catan. <laughs> in Catan. Oh my God. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> it like can pass. Yeah. Um. Tommy, any last words on that like subtopic? No, I'm done. Okay, so so my follow up question then is, if this if this book is actually what she would consider to be a critical introduction to anime, do you have to mention Studio Ghibli when you're talking about anime? Like, if you're nope. introducing somebody to anime, mm-hmm. is is Studio Ghibli something that you have to mention? Not in the way that they mention it, but like definitely as in a way of recognition and relation to what anime has achieved in outside of like itself. Like, you know, recognition outside of like recognition from like a a motion picture standpoint, because it's motion picture, mm. it falls under that industry. So mm. the industry has recognized that. And I think that's worth mentioning. But I, I think maybe I don't know. I just think. It's not a genre, so it's it shouldn't be discussed as one. Tommy, any words on that? Uh, I had something, but then I lost it. Sorry. Oh man, my bad, dude. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'll, I'll I mean, like it, you know, I'm just saying, like, do you do you feel that cool. do you feel that if you're introducing somebody to anime, that Studio Ghibli has to be mentioned? It doesn't have to be, but it's definitely a good suggestion for what. Is it critical? <laughs> That's what I guess. What in other words, is oh, it critical you mean to like, include? Like, like, oh, dude, you haven't watched anime, bro. Like, you gotta check out Sao. Like that is it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, you haven't watched anime? Oh, you should check out Studio Ghibli movies. Like, I feel. Well, is that, I don't know if that's what you're, you meant, but... Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, but the thing is that typically when I suggest anime to other people, I ask them what they like first. Like, what are they into? Or, like, you know, I bounce yeah. off of, like, something that they're into so, and then go, like, so what you if know, the, to ease you in. What if they're like, hey, 
I don't I don't know. I, I just want to see what's up. Like, I just want to see what's anime. Like, what's up with anime? They don't like give you any real input. What would you suggest? And he's like a complete stranger, or she? Yeah, they're like, oh, dude, you know, I saw your anime shirt, but I I don't I don't know what anime to watch. You you have any suggestions? Like, but you but you with, can't ask me any other questions. You have to answer yeah. mine first, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. They're who like, this person is. or they're like, oh, I like everything. You know, like you know those people. Studio Ghibli's not gonna be my recommendation. Yeah. In that instance, that's not my recommendation. It'll probably be Death Note or something like that. What if I was a kid? That's where if you're kind of like, kid, oh, no, 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 maybe no. Studio Ghibli would come up. Like, my thing about <laughs> if it was a kid is I'd probably try to like reach back to something that I enjoyed as a child. Mm-hmm. And I and I wasn't exposed to Studio Ghibli at that time. But I want to watch anime. You have any suggestions on anime? Thick. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't shine. Kid friendly <laughs> anime for sure, no doubt. <laughs> It doesn't shine poorly on me to suggest Studio Ghibli. I no, mean, you can, because I, because there's nothing there's nothing that there's nothing crazy that's gonna happen to where it'll come back to me like, you know, I mean, like there's no like fan service or like, you know, like there's uh, no fan you know, service, crazy that means curse words or anything like that. So it's like family friendly. <laughs> Definitely for a kid, I think Studio Ghibli. It's a safe is. suggestion. It's a good. Suggestion. But the thing is. I don't think that Studio Ghibli stuff is necessarily going to lead people into more anime. Yeah. I feel like it's like one of those things where you're just like, oh, that was cute. Oh, that was anime. Okay, word. I'm going to go back to all my American stuff. You know what I mean? I think I think that's maybe that's why it's a genre, because it's it's one of those animes that people who don't watch anime could enjoy still. It's like, you know, when like Spirited Away came out, no one really thought of it as anime too much. And it was like actually shown in theaters, so people were able to watch it dubbed and all that. Mm. Maybe it's like it's a good gateway if you're you don't watch anime at all. That's why they maybe they kept it as a separate genre on its own, or at least a separate category on its own. Man, I want to read this section of the book now. (laughs) I want to see what they have to what they have to say about this. Yeah, it it could be convincing, you know. Yeah, man. Um, the other thing that I was gonna say, let's see. Uh, so she mentions also. Uh, there seems to be an entire chapter on, uh, sci-fi anime, cyberpunk to steampunk. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? That's very specific. Like it's like one slice of the, of the cyberpunk. genre. I don't know why they would. Of the sci-fi, like, it's like cyberpunk to steampunk. It's like, what do you, what do you, what, what say you? Exactly. Exactly. That's That's what I would ask too. Like, that's a weird subcategory to bring up. Maybe she's just like versed in that, you know, she's done her research. So she's able to include this. Yes, but this is a critical introduction (laughs) to anime. (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true and like what how how is how is that like a range like cyberpunk to steampunk like what falls in between i don't think it's a range though it's cyberpunk really and steampunk. Those, those two they're very like they're almost i'm interested anonymous. in this section too can you think of can you think of an anime that that steampunk 
is like an aspect of it. Well, like off the top of your head, I, f- I feel yes. Like Violet Evergarden gives off that vibe. Oh! <laughs> you you might be onto something. Violet Violet Evergarden. Evergarden. Would you say Would you say that Full Metal Alchemist is steampunk? Also, yes, yes. That's what I was gonna say. Dang! I think people just don't really think so about then, it that way. But yeah. Oh! <laughs> dang! Vic likes steampunk now. Next time we see you, I at a might, con, bro. I might like, actually. All the I'm cool just little <laughs> gadgets and stuff. Guys, look at my compass. I'm just like, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think very much so. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist is steampunk to the to the core for sure. Actually, um, that retro futuristic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. science fiction of like it's old school, but it's future. Like mm-hmm. it's like alternate university. Yes. Um, exactly. What? What about cyberpunk? What's a good anime cyberpunk example? Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Are you typing up cyberpunk you anime? <laughs> I just no. I'm just typing oh. in cyberpunk because I want to see like what the definition is. Dystopian, futuristic. Um, Combination so, uh, of low life and high tech. Dang, so do you really think that that's a range? For no. like all sci all anime sci-fi, is that the range? No, what I think she's getting at is trying to tie like cause sci- uh, cyberpunk and steampunk is like something that exists outside of anime. It's not a, an mm. anime thing. It's just like and so she, it's an introduction. She, yes. That's like what I'm guessing. She's like bridging the gap, you know. Yeah, she's she's otakified. That she section. is she otakified. otakified <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be funny if like if you read the book and it's like, oh, I was reading this post from a talk. <laughs> well, <be> crazy. <laughs> I heard this Damn. term otakifying. <laughs> Otakify at all. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be so wild. No, uh, that's actually pretty lit. Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess to like kind of finish it off, I do want to read like a random excerpt from in here. Okay. Um, it says here, so I'm I'm in chapter one, approaching anime genres and sub and subgenres. Okay. And um, it says uh, like most popular. Like the most popular of Hollywood's film genres, anime also acts as an umbrella term for a broad spectrum of productions. And like Hollywood genre films, anime texts are continually translated and reproduced when they enter new linguistic and cultural markets. Um, And then it says, here's another section that says, analyzing anime in context from genre to anime and from theory to method. Um, Whoa. Sounds scientific. Yeah. It does sound kind of scientific. Uh okay, she mentions Cowboy Bebop here. Oh. Um There you go. I could, that actually fits along. Sing 
Yeah, it's saying that it deliberately mixes elements of space opera with gangster western and film noir stylistics, even making occasional mm-hmm. com- uh, comedic forays into horror. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, do you think that Cowboy Bebop is a good gateway anime? Oh, it's loaded with like, yeah, it's a lot of gateways there. There's a lot of odes to like actual movies and stuff. Like, let alone spaghetti westerns. Like, every episode is like, there's like some sort of duel, you know? Mm. Yeah. And there's like pop culture stuff. Like, there's an episode, um, there's about like a satellite, and that's like, like, um, it's like about Hal, or it's like a copy of Hal, you know, that satellite, um, something 9000 or something like that. It's an old, it's an old sci-fi movie where like, it's like a glass red orb that's talking and it's like, it won't open the door and it's just like, hey, it's okay. Hmm. I'm, I'm butchering this, but someone, someone take this from me now. No, no, we're, we're well, putting I'll, it back. I'll, we're putting it back. <laughs> um, well, yes, I guess I at this know. point now here, which is interesting and I, and I, wasn't necessarily aware of. Um, this is at the end of um, of the genre and subgenre situation okay. that she's discussing here, because that's all I have access to. And it says, um, it says, uh, apparently there was like a point in time where, like, manga was like banned from convenience stores. Uh, oh, I guess in Japan. Uh huh. And I didn't know about this, so it says. Um, uh, in terms of anime, a good example would be the schism between the local Tokyo Metropolitan Government and Japanese manga and anime producers that took place in 2011, when the government banned adult manga from convenience stores, accusing the industry of producing pornographic images harmful to children. Adult manga. That's, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, there could be some content that's inappropriate. Um, in this example, viewed from the top-down genre in manga and anime, plays highly politicized roles in its local and trans and transnational markets, with different institutions vying for control over the flow of manga and anime images. Hmm. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that uh? Just like skimming, you know, skimming the surface of this uh, of this uh, document here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this is a good uh, a good anime critical introduction? Do you think that it's matching the title? Do you think that it's uh, something it's... that you might read if you oh. had absolutely all the time in the world to do so? Oh, absolutely! I would read this. Yeah, I want to see what's going on here. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely want to read it. I mean, it looks entertaining. And it's actually rated five stars on Amazon right now. Really? <laughs> but there's only three reviews. But all of them gave five stars. It Damn. seems like it goes in depth. There's There seems to be some research from like yeah, the so, steps excerpt that you, you read. Here, so like before you end off here, let me read you one of the... Oh, I hit my mic. Um, let me read you one of the reviews that I just quickly read. 
Um, this is a wonderful book, a clear-sighted, well-balanced, and engaging overview of a medium that has attracted a fair share of misunderstanding since its arrival in the UK generated a tsunami of press hysteria, covering a broad range of sources and resources, acknowledging and valuing fan input to history without favoring it over the original product. It provides both solid scholarship and readable thought-provoking analysis. That sounds hmm. like the author commented on their own book. No, it's someone named Etch McCarthy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, that nah, was, that was like a, a wordy paragraph there. So oh, it's 200 pages. Oh, nice. Apparently, okay. uh, Raina Dennison is a faculty member at the University of East and Angola. School of Film and Television Studies. Mm -hmm. And another book that she wrote was actually Superheroes on World Screens. Oh, that sounds interesting, um, too. Which, I don't know, it sounds pretty dope. I mean, I want to give a huge shout-out to her uh, for not getting pissed off at us picking apart her <laughs> approach to this book, <laughs> if she ever happens to hear it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not I authorities at all. <laughs> yeah. just you shut fans. your mouth. You shut <laughs> what? your mouth. What? What'd you say? You <laughs> yeah, we, we know some stuff. We know some stuff. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, skimming over the book and, and having this conversation with you guys about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys feel like, but I kind of want to do more of these types of things. Oh, no, dude, we can. Because like when you brought up the original topic, I was like, oh, shit, like, oh, was I supposed to read something? So I started Googling <laughs> shit. Yeah. And after finding this book, I found multiple books covering all sorts of things related to anime still. So nice. just to throw out some titles, you got The Soul of Anime, Col uh, Collaborative Creativity in Japan's Media Success Story. So that's one. Uh, there's another one called Anime from Akira to Howl's Moving Castle Experiencing Contemporary Japanese Animation. Mm. Uh, there's also Anime, A History. So it's like this one actually gives the history yeah. of anime, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Also, Anime Impact, the movies and shows that changed the world of Japanese animation. Anime Sick. book, Studio Ghibli, and readers of the soul of anime. And sorry, there's one more. This is, oh, sorry, two more. Um, one more. Oh, wait, second. Second to last is The Anime Machine. So that's a media theory of animation. And this is the one I actually want to read because like, I don't know how I I, I, I like edited this on my wit my wish list like a couple weeks ago, but I think someone brought it up. It's called Interpreting Anime. Mm. Yeah, this one's actually a more recent one from 2018. And it's actually made by a professor from UC no. Wait. I know he's a professor from somewhere. His name is Christopher Bolton. And like another uh, professor from UC uh UC Davis actually commented on it so it's it's no, that's pretty dope yeah. i like it i like the i like the educational approach to dealing with anime because to some for not that it's not a legitimate thing but it like it further legitimizes what it is like to know yeah. that uh uh something that i'm into that's very niche is like being legitimized in an academic circle is something that like brings me joy yeah. so like to know and like be able to explore some of these topics i'm super stoked for oh yeah definitely dude it'd be cool if we actually get this if like we read this one this interpreting anime and then see if we could somehow get a conversation going with christopher Bolton. i want to see mm -hmm. if i could do something 
Hey. Yeah, that'd be actually kind of tight. Lit, 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 lit. Yeah, well, yeah. anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening, guys and gals. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, hope that you enjoyed this episode, and hoping that you're looking forward to hearing more of us uh, uh, going through some of these uh, academic articles and books on on the, the topic that we love, and hope that you will. Wait, dude, what is that? It's it's a pumpkin. It's a fake oh. pumpkin, though. It's a, it's a decorative pumpkin. Oh, yeah. I was like, I've never seen <laughs> anything that looked like that. Anyway, I uh, <laughs> uh, hope that you guys enjoy, um, and we'll be back at you next week. All righty? All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.